0: Welcome to the Nei Chuan Podcast. My name is Isaac Kamins. This is a bi-weekly podcast where my friend Jess O'Brien and I discuss internal martial arts, meditation, and Qigong. This is our final episode of Season 1. Uh, this week we discuss the death of Liu Hongqie. We break down the rest of the energy arts system, including the different Nei as well as the martial arts and meditation components of it. Uh, we talk about our plans for Season 2. And we break down the benefits of joining the Patreon. Uh, We're going to be taking about a month break um, between season one and season two. Uh, During that break, we're going to release some of the interviews we did uh, over the last year. Give you an idea of what's on the Patreon. We have a bunch of interviews already recorded that are going to be going up during the break on the Patreon. So check that out. Uh, In addition to that, we'll have a shingy standing program going on. There's already a Bagua program on there, so check it out. And thanks for listening. Thanks for all your support for this first season. And we're looking forward to season two. All right, take care and enjoy the episode.
1: Welcome back to the Nature Trend Podcast with Isaac and Jess. Today's a big day for us because this is the final episode of our first season. And we've uh, been reflecting on... Lot, how much fun we've been having putting these together, and all the support we've been getting. So, just to start off by offering thanks to everyone who's been a part of it and uh, supported us along the way. Yeah, for sure. I wanted to pull out something else from another old magazine article, Fighting Arts International, around 1987. Um, this is the magazine that first reported that Leo Hung J had died. The next issue, they featured a a cool in memoriam about his life, and there's a picture of him with bruce that it's i don't think it's in any of the books it's, it's that one's pretty cool mm-hmm. so i was going to read this just to sort of wrap up his life story and kind of put a capstone on all the stuff we've been talking about leo hung j died of natural causes on december 1st in beijing he was 83 years old Liu was a classical chinese scholar and an internal martial arts and meditation master from the age of 12 to 14 he studied shaolin At 15, he became the last and youngest member to join the original Bagua School in Beijing under Cheng Yu Long. Liu had four major Bagua teachers, including Ma Shi Jing, who studied with Dong Ngai Chuan, the man who brought Bagua to Beijing and made the art public. At this time, he also began studying Xing Yi with Li Yun Shan, and subsequently with others, including Shang Yun Xiang. In the first all-China free fighting competition in 1928, Liu represented the Beijing team in Bagua. Partly as a result of his performance there, from 1934 to 36, he became head of instructors at the Hunan branch of the National Martial Arts Institute. This was the last time he was willing to teach Xing Yi and Bagua publicly. During this period, Wu Gong Yi and Wu Gong Zhao, the two sons of Wu Jianquan, the founder of Wu Style Tai Chi, were instructors under Liu and taught him Tai Chi. Later, Liu lived and studied with Wu Jianquan in his home in Hong Kong. After completing his Tai Chi studies, Liu spent 10 years in the mountains of Shizuan studying Buddhism and Taoism. He returned to Beijing in 1950 to take care of his family. In 1960, for six months, he taught Wu-style Tai Chi publicly at Zongshan Park in the center of Beijing. Thereafter, he decided to only teach a few selected individuals in his home. Indeed, traditionally in old China, many of the top internal martial artists did not teach publicly once they had reached the master level. Leo continued his own daily practice until the end of his life. In Xingyi and Bagua, he passed his lineage on to two disciples, Bai Hua, who now lives in Hong Kong, and to American Bruce Kumar Francis. Leo's Wu-style Tai Chi was transmitted only to Francis. So that's sort of the official notice that came out into the martial arts world back before the internet in 1987. When right. It was a much smaller world, you know. Wow, one
0: one little blurb in the back of the magazine. Back then, it was so hard
1: to find anything out about anything.
0: Probably had a circulation of you know three hundred people (laughs) or something like that.
1: I mean, wow! It's like now with everything so connected.
0: Yeah, there's all you know that thing of as these old masters died off, it sort of it really was the end of you know that whole era. I mean. The boxer was, Rebellion era,
1: that yeah, Warlord that, era,
0: you know, these guys met the first and second generation of their arts. Right. So <clears throat> I remember, you know, Bruce one time after we did that interview at Sizzler, right. He grabbed my arm and he's like, my teacher met Sun Lu Dong. And, you know, he made this big deal about how it wasn't a guy in a book. It was like a real dude that he knew. Mm-hmm. And, and, Right: you know, it's just I think the context of, of having actually trained directly with and met these guys, I think these,
1: these, these famous historical figures are actually real life, blood and flesh, men who have who you would know as a person, you know I, right. for me, as someone who loves history, they'd sort of become like just char- you know just characters in a story, and you know Master Leo knew these as actual people, and it's just hard to picture that right well, this is a great distance it's
0: just a link you know to that bygone era as they say um i wanted to drag
1: something out of here that we might just comment on he says here from age 12 to 14 he studied shaolin i think that's what we keep running across this martial art Liu he chuan right six harmonies that's perhaps where he met his friend Wei Lai shang who he refers to in the book a number of times as participating in right. the tournament and you, I think him. the
0: guy they learned from was a student of Liu Daquan's. The famous
1: Bagua master, Liu yeah, Dequan, so And that's the, this, that's another connection.
0: Yeah. It's this whole sort of interwoven thing. It's it cool. seems like
1: the martial arts world is pretty small at that point. There's a lot of connections between all the different teachers that only, that only later in time, a hundred years later, those connections have splintered and, and gotten far distant.
0: Sure. Well, that's what happens.
1: Yeah. That seems fairly natural. He says here, uh, He studied Xing Yi with Li Yunshan. And I think that's someone we're going to look deeper into in the next season and start taking a closer look at some of these masters that are connected to Liang Jie that are active in the 1920s and 30s.
0: Some of the, especially some of the lesser known ones. I mean, everybody not everybody, but you know, if you've read about this stuff, there's a few characters in there that are fairly well known, like Li Kung Yi and a few others But it's nice to get into some of the lesser known ones too, because a lot of these guys had pretty interesting stories for sure.
1: So that's a, that's a name we'll be looking into as well. As he mentions, another Xingyi teacher, Shang, Shang Yun Shang. He's a famous, uh, he's a very
0: famous teacher. Yeah.
1: So Uh, we're going to be digging into the, his history and some of the history of the early teachers of Xingyi in the 20th century and you know, just find some interesting facts about them and, and go into that further during the next season. So we've been talking quite a bit about our plans for season two and what we want to do. We're going to start getting much deeper into some of the stories of the 20th century martial artists that are connected to this lineage, and digging into some of the lesser-known teachers and some of their life stories, as well as the books they wrote and the principles they were teaching. So that's been part of the fun of season one has been learning about a lot of these older masters especially the ones that are the teachers who influence opening the energy gates. I think in season two, we're going to go further than that. Not just the teachers who influenced energy gates, but the teachers of Leo Hong J himself, who is, who are the teachers of one generation back that aren't right. very well known nowadays.
0: For us, it's about exploring different aspects mm-hmm. of this guy's life and, and the teachers that he was exposed to and trained with and um, just getting that, stuff on record because there really isn't a a detailed record of who he learned from and uh what he learned from them and when he learned from them i mean bruce does a overview of it but he doesn't ever really give much about these individuals so like for example leo's two main shingy teachers that he lists directly in the book both of those guys have books Right. And so it's a fairly valuable resource to look those up and at least get a sense of, all right, well, this is at least a chunk of what was part of Leo's training. Right. I mean. Right. We uh, can
1: reverse engineer and look at what his teachers wrote to get a sense of the kind of things he would have been learning in class in the 1910s and 20s and 30s. So at the end of season one, I can sort of reflect that we've looked at the teachers, you know, the teachings of and the life experience of B.K. Francis in his book, Opening the Energy Gates. And I'm excited to see what we'll find. There's a lot of historical sources that haven't been tapped and there's a lot of really good stories to tell. So that should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, th- you know, this season was definitely very uh, focused on the Opening the Energy Gates book and the and, uh, related materials to that. So it'll be nice to expand a little bit off of, you know, just talking about that one thing for a while. Right.
1: I think, yeah, there's going to be a lot of other stuff to get into. So looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, stay tuned.
1: Stay tuned. So moving on to the final piece of the Energy Gates book, Appendix F, the Taoist energy system taught by Bruce Kumar Francis. Taoist energy enhancement practices for healing, health, self-defense, and spiritual advancement. Um, I remember when I first read this, is I really love this book because it had good stories and it made sense. But when I read this whole theory of the, the system in the back, I thought it was sweet. And I've always, ever since then, I've always felt like there's something about it that just makes a whole lot of sense. And it's been a while since I first read this. It's just, it's pretty cool. Um, so he's talking about this complete system of Taoist practices. Master the energy of the body, core practices. So he describes the six different sets of the core practices. Um, then the next section is about improving your physical and emotional health. You learn Wu style Tai Chi, short root form, and Bagua single palm. That's the, the health side of the martial arts. Then there's a section for healing others, and then a section for protecting yourself against physical violence. And then the next section, learn to evolve spiritually towards the Tao. So these are all... You know, it's a vast system. There's so many different pieces.
0: Um, yeah, it's it's a very condensed system. So yeah. you know, he took the essential pieces of what he learned, and they're they're not thought like, for example, it's just the single palm change, and it's just the short form to get you into the waters. Right at that point, you have the the basic material. And then if you want to go further, there's the long form and there's the rest of the right. changes and there's the Shingy and um, Yeah, all of that stuff.
1: So looking here, he says, uh, Mr. Francis is currently writing a book for each of these six courses, which he to his credit has been following up on over the years, but it'll be interesting to see uh, which ones eventually come out.
0: Yeah, um, it took 20 years, for the, heaven, or years earth, yeah. for the heaven and earth to come So out. yeah,
1: that one finally came out. But yeah, Dragon and Tiger, Opening the Energy Gates, the Joining of Heaven and Earth, that's the uh, circulating energy through the entire body, strengthens, heals, and increases the elasticity of your joints, reveals the secrets of Taoist breathing, enables you to project energy from your hands for healing yourself or others. So that's the set that comes after Opening the Energy Gates of Your Body. here. Then on to bend the bow and shoot the arrow. Then Spiraling Energy Body, this is a set that I think is really cool that you've, you've sort of specialized in and we've mentioned here quite a few times and I think maybe next season we'll tap into a little more. It says Spiraling Energy Body can raise your energy level dramatically, teaches you to master how energy moves in circles and spirals through your body, enables you to project energy to any part of your body at will.
0: Well, it, it's Spiraling Energy Body really is the second set heaven and earth is the third spiraling energy body is the the second part of energy gates right so in what in one sense everything you do in energy gates is going down when you start to to go up and out that's the spiraling energy body stuff i mean they're they're one set just split in half The Mm. the physical movements are the same for both exactly yeah the the this it's the same physical set just different internal, you know, additional I- internal work. The- so
1: leaving dragon and tiger out of it, cause that's sort of a, uh side set. You could say that opening the energy gates and spiraling energy body form a pair in much the same way, the joining of heaven and earth and bend the bow shoot the arrow also form a pair. They, they both work with the spine and pull, pumping the joints really carefully.
0: Absolutely. Every, sense? every, everything you do in spiraling can be folded into energy gates and everything you do in bend the bow can be folded into heaven and earth. There you go. And then the conclusion of the whole thing is when, when you can do all of those four, then you move on to doing God's playing in the clouds, which adds an additional piece of, uh, what is known as Shen Gong or the spiritual element of Nagong. Um, and does a few other things that are pretty wild. Um, but that's the set that came from Leo Jay. I mean, if you want to talk about Leo Hung Naegong, that's, you, you're, you're talking about God's playing in the clouds, not energy gates, but energy gates is a necessary uh, piece to do the working. 100%. Gods.
1: Well, maybe we can look at God's playing in the clouds and these other sets in uh, oh, future definitely. seasons I mean, and future
0: episodes there's quite a bit to talk about there, there is analysts to talk <laughs>
1: about yeah. well i mean just to keep mentioning you know the sort of the symmetry of the system you've got this two pairs of qigong practices that fold into each other and then this third piece is god's plane in the clouds which encapsulates everything else and is the vehicle for all the inner work of the others i always thought there's an elegance to that you know
0: Uh, it's a very well organized system. I mean, I think that's one of the things that makes it so uh, understandable for people who don't have all the cultural contexts or, uh, you know, just haven't grown up around the ideas of Qigong and things like that. So it's, it starts you off in a very like easy, you know, thing and then you progress and things get a little bit more in depth and deeper and then you know by the end of it you're uh you're playing with the clouds you know i mean it's
1: these <laughs> are um, rising you know, up at each of these levels and then you're finally in the clouds well cool. yeah
0: i mean that the uh what was originally a 10 part and then became the 16 part Negung outline that he gives i think pr- pretty much spells it out really well which is you know you to paraphrase you start with moving energy up and down then you mo- go to dissolving then you go dissolving up then you do things where you're mixing up and down then you do pulsing and then you know all of these i'm not going to go through them all but you know the the whole the way it um develops where each piece is sort of built upon the previous piece right mm. And that's where I think where a lot of people uh, unfortunately jump around don't and they don't go through each chunk of it. Then you end up with these sort of gaps in, in your, you know, in your Gong Fu as they say. Yeah. So um, it's nice to have a roadmap. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's an imperfect world. So doing them all in order is sometimes challenging, but overall as you develop you don't want to jump around too much
1: so what I like he is how he teaches this qigong series and then the next layer of it is to learn a little Tai Chi a little Bagua and although he doesn't mention it here a little of the shingi standing forms your martial arts for health equivalent uh, component the martial arts for health component of the system you first you have this nice foundation of qigong Then you learn the simplified Tai Chi form that helps you get this ease of movement and gracefulness. You learn Bagua circle walking and single palm change. It's really basic motion, but it helps make your body more vigorous. It's aerobic. It makes you stronger and flexible, he describes. And then, although it's not in the book, there's the next piece is Xing Yi San Ti, which is a standing posture that you can hold and work on making yourself very stable and strong it's not necessarily combative. None, all these, none of these three are
0: combative. He wasn't teaching shingi when he wrote that book, which is hmm. why he didn't put it in there. Right. Personally think that the Santi practice should come before the circle walking and the start right. of Yeah, so, absolutely. Um, And even possibly before the Tai Chi, depending on the person. Um, and that's to the, the, so first you learn the Nei Gong because that's how you know what to do, right? The, that's mm. the mechanics, both internal and external. Then you learn Xing Yi because that's where you learn how to put power into your mechanics. You learn how to get some, some you know, some strength, some, some Gong Fu, right? Then you learn the Tai Chi so that you soften. You don't, so that the, the power doesn't make you, you know, stiff, rigid. Right. And then once you have that, you move to Bagua, which is about being able to do things that both exist in Shingi and Tai Chi, and a few other things as well. But you've developed the fundamental skills through the other stuff that when you get to Bagua, you don't have to worry about hurting yourself or, mm. um, you know, going too far.
1: That makes sense. And to me, once... So I like how he he makes it sort of clear that a student should learn all three of these. You should learn the short form. You should learn single palm and learn Santee. The, each of those is a weekend workshop. I mean, 16 move, you know, short form is more like a week, but those, that's, that's enough time to get you a nice solid foundation to work with. But you may not want to become like a Bagua master or whatever, but knowing a little circle walking and single palm really influences everything that you do. And it just gives you this nice, com, you know, container for all your Nagung work as you go. Um, I think if you're if, those, you know,
0: if you're the rare person that um, walks into it already knowing what the three different arts are, and you want to, you've chosen that you want to learn one from the ground up, mm. then sure do that. Yeah. But most people walk into it and they don't know the difference between Shingi Tai Chi and Bagua. They just simply see the external practice when someone does it and they either are attracted to it or not, um, and that's why Shingi's not very popular. Is most people when they see it from an, from the outside, it's not very flashy. So there's not you know this big exciting thing where you see somebody do bagua and it's like whoa that looks cool. Yeah. Um, so you know it's it's that that piece about what what the person learning it is is first attracted to. I think isn't always what what's best for them, right? Right. But like I said, I think doing the, doing the stuff with the shingy first really sets the stage. Um, just it, it works out a lot of the kinks. And not shingy necessarily, like you said, as a martial art. Just the, just the standing practice of it.
1: Gives you some boost. So looking, again, this chapter is structured in such a way as you learn these negong sets to get yourself the foundation. Then you learn the, some, some martial arts for health to give you some structure. And then from there, it splits into what I consider to be three directions, where the the student has got now a strong basis, they pick one direction out of these three to go, which is medical, healing other people, martial arts to protect yourself from physical violence, or meditation and spiritually evolve towards the Tao. Now, you can obviously do a little of each if you want. But if you truly want to pursue any of those three, that's like a... Sort of that upper, upper, de- higher degree in college.
0: Depends on how much you want to train. I mean, but I, I think it goes True. like this, right? The the first choice you make is which of the three arts do you want to focus on, or do you want to do two of them, or do you want to do like me? I decided I wanted to do all three of them, and so it was a it was a larger curriculum of study than if i had just wisely chosen one of them first um right but so if you make that decision right then you've decided okay i want to that's your container so if you let's say you choose bagua as your container right then once you have the container you have to decide what do i want to do with it do i want to fight do i want to heat do healing or do i want to use it as a you know as a spiritual tool right and uh, they all have their specialty, but all of them can be adapted to, you know, once you understand the nagong and the meditation, you can adapt it to anything. So, um, that piece of it is, is more, uh, you know, they're, they're all, they're all uh, made of the same pieces. It's just the, the emphasis, right? So, uh, that's why learning the neigang first is the, is the important thing because then when you're doing something, whether it's shingi, tai chi, or bagua, it's got that underlying neigang stuff to it. If it doesn't have right. that, it doesn't matter which one you do. Right. right. And you
1: get these more complicated forms of practice as you go on that enable you to test your neigang at more higher degrees of difficulty.
0: Yeah, and, and I would argue that if you're not going to do martial arts, right if you're not going to learn how to fight, uh, you don't need to learn a lot of the f- forms. The forms nope. are, I mean...
1: Bagua single palm and Wu style short form is enough.
0: It's enough. I mean, you might want to add in something with a kick or two, but, you know, like that's a personal preference. But, you know, mo- <laughs> I mean, in terms of right. learning, it's just in terms of learning ne Gong and learning... um the health side of it, the container can be a lot smaller. Right. When you get into martial arts, it's like you need all of these variables and you need all of these extra skills because you're going to be dealing with things you're not going to be dealing with. And when you're just trying to heal yourself.
1: Well, when I think of our classmates, you know, there's, there's these three tracks of either focusing on healing, focusing on martial arts or focusing on meditation and for us, we've always focused on martial arts while incorporating healing and meditation as part of that. There's others among us who just, you know, the short form's enough. So they just move straight into Qigong, Tui Na, and Qigong therapy and just get obsessed with that and really go deep into putting the healing ahead. And maybe they only know a few palm changes or whatever, but that's not really the focus. They're just really into the Qigong side of it. And similarly, there's folks who are way into meditation. And don't do much healing either
0: you know uh, like i said it's a choice i mean you can mix it up any way you want to i think there's value in all of them um i think the mistake is to think that if you understand one you understand the other without mm-hmm. actually having done it right like mm-hmm. you can't never do martial arts and say you understand martial arts and right. you can't never meditate and say you understand meditation right You have to do it. I mean, and that's what I mean. And if you
1: want to know about healing, you've had to have healed somebody. You've got to like put in the hours with
0: patients. Bodywork, martial arts, those are the application, Mm -hmm. right? Those are what you're doing with it after you understand how to do it. So I personally think if you want to understand one, you have to do the other, right? That as Bruce would say, you know, martial arts is just reverse medicine. Um, So if you really want to understand how to break somebody, if you know how they how to fix them, right? It, it gives you both sides of that, and you. So, the the health stuff is the balancing act to the martial stuff, and the spiritual meditation stuff is the thing that keeps all of it from pushing your mind a little bit too far in any one direction, right? And it keeps you know keeps your mind balanced so how much of those you choose to do you know that's a choice so one last thing to look
1: at as we complete the book opening the energy gates of your body which is one of my favorites here we are looking at the learning to evolve spiritually towards the Tao is one of the paths you can take and he mentions a few things here that are pretty interesting there's three different stages one is to attain stillness next you have a spiritual rebirth and then third, there's the Tao, where each individual's way becomes self-apparent. Um, but so, so attaining stillness, first you've got to have that negong basis and then do the, some of the martial arts for health. But then you move into these preliminary practices to quiet your mind. He says here, you, you transmute your physical body. I think that's the work of that negong. Then you gain emotional maturity. Then you use Taoist shamanic practices to tap into the energies of heaven, earth, water, wood, and fire and use them as sources for your transformational work. Then you integrate them into your movement arts such as Tai Chi and Bagua. So that's an interesting series of things to do. You know, you can see how the negong part of it, but also there's this shamanic side of it where you're trying to sort of i don't know become one with elemental forces what do you think about that
0: first you deal with the elemental stuff inside your body Mm. that's why it's a five element qigong system these elements exist in human beings also right best example i can give is the fire and water thing right your body has it one way in it's the other way in the real world. So you have to flip it inside your body to make it match the outside world. Um, and then you have things like heaven and earth, yin and yang, but that leads you to then having the, the five element practices, right? which is a whole you know, huge thing in itself, which then leads you to you know, further practices that are, are based on other things like the eight triagrams and all of that stuff. So, uh, it's a vast system. Uh, but a lot of it can be boiled down to essentially doing the same thing over again, but on a different plane, as opposed to learning new techniques and
1: mm, new sets and techniques. Um, right. Yeah. So he gives a second phase of spiritual evolution with meditation practices that focus on the middle and upper energy centers I get the impression here now he's talking about the eight different energy bodies. It says, open your heart, which would be the emotional energy body, open your mind, which would be the mental energy body. Then open your soul, raise and merge the energies of your body, heart and mind to become one with yourself, awakening your true spiritual nature. So that's a lot like the, the psyche, the karma, the body of individuality.
0: That's what comes after you've got the, you know, once you've done the five elements stuff and you're essentially a whole be quote unquote whole being, right. Then you move on to this second stage where as a whole being, you begin to work with these, uh, larger force, you know, if you will, cosmic forces, right. That I mean, it's all, it, it, it's all, to me, it's all very interesting. And I, you know, I love the theory behind it and, you know, it's my life's work to understand this stuff. Right. But on, on a practical level, I think, you know, knowing all of the theory theoretical stuff doesn't really help you actually practice more. So you got to balance it with doing it versus just sitting around and trying to figure Thinking it all about out. It. <laughs> um, yeah. I like to different... see
1: the system and the way it's constructed. And again, the elegance of each of the different pieces that lead to the next, but that's no substitute for doing it.
0: he he presents it in the order that you would want to practice it. Mm. He doesn't give you the timeline, right? So you might read three bullet points, you know, do this, do that. And then this, you know, and, and, but that might be five years between each bullet point in terms of actual number of years that you have to practice to get to that level. So I think sometimes it's good to put into perspective that, you know, these things, these layers are, they're happening simultaneously, right? So even if you're just working on the physical layer, you're affecting all of these other layers. And so as you move through the layers and you start playing with different systems inside the body, the important thing is just to stay where you are and not jump ahead and let it do its thing even on the layers you aren't aware of. Um, Because then when you get there, it won't be you, you, you know, on some weird unconscious level, it's like, you're, you've already been there and, and you're not freaked out by it. Um, but it's, you know, it's all very, it's all very esoteric once you get past the physical body. So it's, it, it's, uh, there's a certain amount of, uh, faith that you have to put into the, the, the work.
1: So I guess here we are at the end of the book and I just wanted to wrap up with this final paragraph. It says, the, th- the third phase is the Tao. As a newly born spiritual being, evolve on the journey of becoming one with all the universe. Unlike the previous two stages, this one does not require specific practices. Each individual's way becomes self apparent. Each spiritual being ultimately matures and becomes one with the Tao as an immortal sage.
0: A Couple more weeks till we get to that one. <laughs> That's a
1: great, you know, great way uh, to finish it all. Cause yeah,
0: for sure. No
1: matter how long it takes, eventually all spiritual beings become immortal sages. Yeah,
0: I think that's the you know the the message. There is just to um, you'll get there when you get there. Don't don't no worry about it. But Yeah, it's just enjoy the a,
1: path along the way.
0: Quite a journey.
1: No doubt. Thanks for doing this with me. It's been a lot of fun, bro. Yeah, my pleasure. And all right. Say it one more time that you know. Uh, every time we record, we think about the folks who contributed and who've sent us so much feedback and listened to our episodes it's it 's really felt good to get an amazing level of support that we never even envisioned from the start and it 's been really inspiring and we 've got a bunch of new things coming your way in this yeah. new year
0: absolutely i mean I, i've when, when we started this, I thought we you know, maybe we'd do five or ten of these and we'd get tired of it. And people would be like, What is this? But it seems like it's uh really going well and I, I'm I'm happy we're doing it and uh looking forward to going for
1: Yeah, great longer. feedback. And just a note about the Patreon page that we have. to join in, it's a couple bucks and it helps us invest in new directions that we'll that we'll be talking about in season two bringing bringing in more history bringing in more texts bringing in more translations
0: yeah there's three there's three tiers to it right so the first tier is you just are supporting us with a few bucks a month the second tier you get uh early access to the podcasts and uh the final tier you get uh, exclusive content that's only available there, interviews, lessons, things like that. So it's, it's, uh, probably going to be where we end up putting a lot of this stuff that we're working on, like just said with translations and things like that. So again, thanks and, a lot for listening and, uh, thanks for your support. And, all right. Well, all right, bro. until season two, see you then. Talk to you later. Hey folks, uh, just a quick reminder, uh, check out our Instagram for images of, uh, some of the articles and, uh, pictures of people we're talking about. Um, thanks again for listening and see you on season two. Take care.